Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. People who are affected by COVID-19 that maybe we ignore or choose to forget about, or maybe we just haven't thought about it, are sex workers. And sex workers, ultimately, I suppose, is the ultimate close contact service. And right now, many of the estimated 72,800 sex workers in the UK and thousands here in Ireland are particularly vulnerable to the physical and economic uh, effects of the COVID crisis. So how are they getting on? Charlotte Rose, this is our Charlotte Rose, the sex worker and sexual trainer who hosts the Rose Talk Sex Podcast, has herself stopped seeing clients due to the COVID-19 outbreak, uh, but acknowledges that just as in any similar zero-hours profession, the most desperate will need to carry on. Uh, and I want to talk to her. Charlotte, good afternoon to you. Good evening to you. Sorry, good afternoon. I'm losing, I'm losing track of time, Charlotte. I think we're all losing track of time. What day is it? Yeah, I don't know. It's, well, it's like, lovely to talk to you again. Thank uh, you. And I was going to say, how's business? Not good at the moment, I imagine, because it is the ultimate close contact service. You can't really get any yeah. closer. And if you, I mean, if you can catch it by purely talking to people, which was suggested today by scientists, I'm pretty sure you can catch it in other ways too. So, yeah. I mean, so what's happening to sex workers? Because... I'm assuming most sex workers are not registered sex workers or PAYE workers. So well, this is the thing. I mean, you, you know, you've got a high percentage of sex workers that, uh, that are kind of off, off the grid. So their only way of making an income is doing face-to-face or if they have the facilities to do so, uh, to be able to diversify their work. Now, I did a special on this uh, a couple of weeks back on what the alternative work methods are. And there's, there's been a huge increase with cam work, with mobile phones, with the various uh, websites that offer text chat and things like that. So, you know, you've got to look but at... But generally that's of, not going to make them as... Well, maybe it will make them as much money. I don't know whether it will. You or... would be surprised, actually, okay. because you've got to think that when it comes to face-to-face, if you're working in a hotel room, you've got to take the expense of the hotel room. You've got to take the expense of the food. You've got to take the expense of advertising. Whereas if you're working from home, you don't have that expense. So you, immediately you're saving money. If you're doing web chat and, um, you know, if you're doing texting and you've got children, you can do that whilst the children are there. It's just simply getting, picking up a phone and answering somebody's text. If the kids are in bed, then you can do webcam work. So there's no need to pay for a babysitter or anything like that. So there are, there are ways to, there are means to that way. But the problem is, is that when we look at vulnerable workers who were, were perhaps migrant workers who are off grid, they are now being targeted as vulnerable women. And a lot of um, landlords, for example, are taking advantage of that and they're claiming for sex for rent. So, it, so in other it, words, if you have sex with me every now and again, I won't charge you rent. Yeah, pretty okay. much. And there's, there's, uh, there's been a big increase of this happening. I mean, I, did an, I went to see um, an organisation called POW in Nottinghamshire, and we, I actually spoke to a woman there who deals with a lot of vulnerable cases of women that, get, that this happens to. And we're seeing lots more, uh, the, more percentages of these types of cases coming to light. Okay. And it's quite scary that, you know, you've got to take an already marginalised, um, a stigmatised group, vulnerable people that are being targeted by predatory men. And there are those probably who will just take the chance and, and, and go out and do it. And there's guys, I'm sure, and but I'm assuming girls too, but more so guys, 
who will go and, you know, use the services of an escort, even though, you know, we have this pandemic at the moment, uh, particularly well, in the United Kingdom, where more so more people are dying in the, in the United Kingdom. Yeah. And so what I did was, I, you know, I spoke about, if you, excuse me, if you must see somebody, I mean, my personal opinion is we shouldn't be doing any um, physical contact with anybody. Uh, but if somebody has to, they need to put in um, certain measures in place. I mean, what can we yeah, But realistically, Charlotte, what could you do? Wear a mask and use a condom? I mean, that's not really going to protect you, is it? Well, it's it's got to. I mean, you know, at the moment, there's a massive increase in porn that's that's around coronavirus. So people are making pornography with face masks and stuff on. So I don't think that is something that would men would mind if you were to see somebody with a mask on. But the things that I've been stating is if you are doing this, you've got to make sure that they, uh, everybody's sterilised before entering the room. Once they're entered the room, do that. Certainly no kissing. Um, also, to j- just be mindful of the person's age. Ask if they do have an underlining health conditions because, you know, in an ideal world, everybody should be, should be self-isolation. But unfortunately, we're not in an ideal world. And people do need to earn an income. So how do you how do you, claim, but help me sorry for interrupting you, how do you make sure yeah. somebody is hygienically clean? So when they come into the room, this is of course for workers who feel they have to work. When they come into the room, what making sure the guy has a shower first and all that kind of, is that what you're talking about, yeah? Oh yeah, you would always I mean for me, I can't stay on other people because some people may offer different services, but on my practices, I would always ensure that they take a shower. And if they insisted that they didn't want one, I'd, I'd go in with them just to make sure they get one. Okay, so you'd make that part of the, the play, oh, so to speak. Oh, yeah. All right, okay. Definitely. Okay, and obviously in relation to payments, now, I don't know where you stand, and that's your business, by the way, you don't have to discuss your own business on the air, but I know in, the, in Britain, similar to Ireland, we have the 75% payment or 70% payment, where in Britain they have, I think it's 80% furlock payment. I mean, okay. you, you can't really claim that as a sex worker, can you? No, I mean, if people are registered as self-employed, I mean, some particular sex workers will state that they're an adult performer. I mean, it doesn't really make a difference what they put down. They could put down that they're a mobile hairdresser. As long as they're paying their tax, it's fine. So they still should be eligible. But is there, by the way, is there a standard payment in the UK? Over here, there's a, you, if you stay employed and your employer keeps you on, they only have to pay you or 30% of the state pays that are 70. But if you're made unemployed or you're laid off by your job or you're self-employed and you can prove that your earnings are down by 80%, you get what they call a COVID payment, which is 350 a, a week. Well, have they got something similar to that in the UK, a COVID payment for those who have been made unemployed by it? I don't actually know. All I can state is that the majority of people here that are self-employed, providing they've got their tax um, statements to prove their earnings, they're entitled to universal credit. Okay. All right. Okay. I know. Yeah, that's a very sim- different situation. And I couldn't I'm... tell you the amount, I'm afraid. I've yeah. got no idea. But I do, be- I do believe that they did make a statement a few weeks back saying that they were increasing standard universal credit payments by £80 a month. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, I know universal credit wouldn't even be as much as they get on, say, job seekers allowance over here. It's a different system, I understand, but it it, it wouldn't even be the same amount of money. So, it really, for those, it, well, even if you're not a sex worker, if you've lost your job through COVID nineteen, you're really in a bad way, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And the problem with that is that it it kind of puts people into survival mode, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, you know, do desperation they do the right mode. thing? Yeah. It, yeah. it is absolutely. Do they do the right thing, or do they, or, or do they have to put themselves at risk to survive? And if anybody is listening uh, in Ireland, there's you've got the um, oh gosh, what they're called is it the sex worker, sex workers, sex workers alliance, yeah, pep, 
You've got Scott Pep out there as well. So if anybody is listening that needs any advice about what to do, then please do go seek advice because um, the advice is there for you and it's free advice. Um, I know some sex workers have set up GoFundMe pages as well for, and obviously yeah. re- regular clients are donating to them. And, I, and that's good enough of them to do that. Those regular well, clients want to do that. There's loads of different, different... I mean, this is a time that a lot of sex workers like myself and others are taking this as an opportunity to, to diversify. So people who haven't had, had an opportunity to make content are making content and selling them to their OnlyFans page, which means that people can make a small, a small subscription and they get regular content. So it, everything is kind of pushing online. One of the things that I'm not particularly happy with is one of the largest websites that has the monopoly on marketing sex workers is still charging the same same rates um, for physical okay. contact, which I think is really, really bad. I think they should be offering a discounted rate for online services to promote people to go more so online yep. and help and help that, but unfortunately they're not. And how's business on, I, for, I mean, there. for you at the moment, how's business online? Are you making as much money online as you were, you know, having physical contact? I'm actually taking a bit of time out. So okay. my, my radio show, I get paid for my radio show and I've got a team behind me, which is my debate team, which is uh, uh, some of the industry folks that, that, that contributes content for me. So I'm, my show is what's providing my income. Okay. But I'm actually, re- I'm, I'm, I've just downloaded an Adobe package and I'm learning animation and how to edit films and footage and stuff because I've got, um, you know, I, I don't know if I told you about my motorhome last time, but okay. I'm actually doing a Guinness World Record. <laughs> <laughs> a Guinness World Record. But what is the record you're trying to break? <laughs> okay, it's nothing as saucy as what I used Yeah, it's to not going to be like it's not going to be like the Houston 500 or something like that. No, okay. Uh, well, well, I will be I'm I'm not coming over your way unfortunately, but I've I'm doing the largest pub crawl in a motorhome in 12 months. I'm going to be visiting 150 pubs and staying overnight. And filming them on my on my motorhome channel. Right. Okay, and are you, I didn't know you were a heavy drinker, Charlotte. I'm not a heavy drinker, but I my background's hospitality. So I used to teach hospitality at college, and I love rural pubs. And you do you know that you know because especially COVID nineteen, there's about three pubs a day that will be no longer. They're closing down for good. They cannot afford to. to to remain even if it comes all the way up to May they still haven't got the the funds to be able to keep the doors open uh, well remain get the doors to be back open, back open in May. yeah yeah so all I'm doing is I'm trying to raise a bit of positivity show how important local community pubs are well they are and, important and, yeah and make make a fun journey that people can follow in my footsteps well that's a well that, that's a that's a wonderful idea and, and yeah. talk and talking to some of your colleagues in the sex industry yeah uh, are, are they has the obviously the online business has gone up because online traffic has gone up by something between 30 and 40% at the moment because yeah. everybody's at home bored out of their head but yeah. are, are they making money are they making enough money to get them by do you know what's happening is I'm seeing I've been chatting with a lot of folks online and a lot of the girls are actually going into gaming streams Okay. So what they're doing is, I mean, I don't know much about it, but what they'll do is they'll they'll set their webcam up in, and they'll be wearing their lingerie, and they'll be playing um, computer games. So they're building up an online presence. So it's all about if, if you're unable to earn, you've got to keep plugging because now everybody's online. You know that that market is so saturated. How can they diversify themselves to be able to retain clients for the future when they can get out? And they're, they're, and they're, 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 you know, 
sex workers are entrepreneurs at the end of the day. They're, but there's a lot of girls out there. I mean, before this came along in the COVID-19, there mm. were thousands of girls online offering services, you know, on cams or, yep. you know, or just, you know, stripping off in front of a camera, whatever it happens to be, or photographs or whatever, who maybe didn't want to go as far as physical contact. So there was yep. already a massive market for that. And now these girls who maybe weren't used to that market are now moving into that market. So it would be quite hard for them to transition into that, wouldn't it? Not necessarily, because all of their client base, because, you know, you've, a lot of sex workers build up a client base that becomes their bread and butter. And those people w- will still want to see them. They'll still want to see them online. They'll still, still want to speak to them. And, you know, so th- they're still be ab- they're able to retain a certain baseline. So by... By having that, that's kind of the practicality of what their minimum earnings can be. So this is why everybody is diversifying themselves, learning new skills on how to be able to better their online presence, like going into gaming, because, you know, those those thousands, I mean, I've got one of my friends who she's got probably, I think it's 335,000 people that watch her play Evil Dead or whatever these computer games are. Okay. And then out of that, she, she gets, you know, 50 or 60 of those that want to come through and see her on cam so there are ways of doing it okay. but it's it's people have to take this time to diversify it's, so you got to market yourself essentially blue. yeah you got to market yourself absolutely. yeah absolutely and, yeah, and yeah. i mean and you've obviously done a bit of the cam work i i don't know you know from somebody who went from physical to doing the cam work i imagine it's a little bit awkward i find it awkward even to talk to somebody on facetime you know because i kind of i don't know which way to be looking and all that kind of thing it's a little bit awkward you know when you're not in physical contact with somebody when you're sitting on the bed taking your kit off and they're saying to you, okay, take your bra off now. I mean, what, do they give you instructions or how does that work? Uh, I've never done CAM. The reason why I've not done CAM is that uh, uh, what I've always liked about the physical side of sex work is that I'm eyes only. When it comes to camera, the fear for me of somebody filming me doing something intimate and then putting that, uploading that online is something that I've, I've, I don't do. But the phone calls, oh my gosh, they are so much fun. And I'm, you've got to get inventive. So I've got, I have one chap that wants me to slap him around the face. So when I do that, I'm slapping my hands together. Or if, you know, I'm a, um, I'm, what am I? I'm a, I own a prison and, um, you know, I'm trying to make noise on metal as if I'm, putting my truncheon along a metal bar and stuff. It's, it's, it's inventive, but it's also really fun. Yeah, okay. And, and, and do, you get asked, do, you, do you get asked to do any, well, do, do they get asked to do really awkward stuff on cabs? Is that, because I think, I, I don't know, I just imagine it's very uncomfortable or something. I do, you know, you're kind of in your own bedroom. Well, I think it's, it's, the, same, it's the same as marketing, isn't it? So, yeah. you know, when they, somebody reads the profile, they'll see what sort of things that they are willing to do on cam. Right, okay. And at the end of the day, if they send a message asking, oh, would you be okay doing this, then yeah. the sex worker would respond accordingly. Right. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a niche market for everything. I mean, there's women that, that rub their faces in bread. There's women... Women that, who rub uh, their faces or, in bread? In bread, yeah. What? <laughs> well, who, who gets off and seen a woman rubbing her face in bread? Well, um, over a million people do because she's got a following of a million people that All she right. puts makeup on and, you know, people will request particular types of breaded products and she'll <laughs> smash her face into these bread loaves. <laughs> oh, what about the other one I saw there recently? Who folds towels? What the hell? Now, I, I, somebody told me that it's something to do with the microphone or the sound. It's supposed to be pleasurable and relaxing, right? Uh, what was the name of that? The fluffy towel girl, wasn't it? And fluffy she ha- towel. Yeah, she folds fluffy towels, right? And she has like millions of followers. 
And oh she, yeah. She but she yeah. it's it's the way she talks. She has a she's seductive, I suppose, in the way she folds these fluffy towels. Like a nigella of, of bedding <laughs> or towels. I tell you what, I've got one good colleague of mine, her name's Hannah Brooks, and I'm gonna give her a little plug. She's just started doing this thing called Pussy Pool, where she plays pool. <laughs> Pussy Pool. She plays pool. And uh, she was telling me that she started trying to do it with ping-pongs, but they weren't quite right. And I was asking questions like, do you think that's because of the weight of the ball? You know, it's got to have some good substantial weight for the project- projection. And she said, yes, I think it is. And I said, okay, so if you would have sat open legs at the top top right corner, where can you where can you get the ball in? She said she could definitely shoot it in the middle pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she's she's firing projectiles from her orifices when you're yeah, trying to tell yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. All right, okay, interesting. I'm sh- and and has she got a bit of an audience for that as well, yeah. She's just started doing it, yeah. So she's just started recording content. But it's amazing what her and her colleagues have done because they've started an OnlyFans page where they're giving, um, they're, they're charging a flat fee and uh, they're giving content away and they're donating the money to, to the NHS charity. So, you know, it, yeah. it, the, the industry itself, I think it doesn't matter what industry we are, we're all human beings at the end of the day. And if we can pull together like Captain Tom and do something wonderful for the nation, mm. um, I think that's something really, really great and really uh, and to also, be proud of. Off topic slightly, of course, living in the UK, it's quite grim at the moment when you see the amount of people that are dying more so than over here. Uh, the debt rate is very, very high uh, currently at the moment. And they say it's, re- they believe it's reached its peak at the moment. Um, but obviously they just announced today a further three weeks of lockdown, so to yeah. speak. And those restrictions plan to go on until a vaccine becomes available, which could be about a year away. How do you think people are handling that at the moment, you know, from your friends and your community? Are people okay with it? Are they, are they handling that okay? Well, do you know, you've got to look at it in two sides. I mean, this is a time where people with families, the kids are not going to remember what COVID-19 was. They're going to remember this is a time that their mum and dad was together and that they're, you know, exercising, being, being healthy was the most, thing that, the, the most important thing in their family. And, you know, the, the fact that we're all now so switched on my concern is now this bill has been passed, people aren't looking at what damage this is going to do to our freedoms in the future. So we're looking at all this technology that's switching us on and giving us the ability to communicate with one another. But that also means that those calls can be monitored, um, you know, uh, they could be tracked. So the fact that you've got that, you know, when it comes to personal liberties and freedoms of privacy... I think now that that's going to be all gone. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know in the UK they connected with, I think it was three or, could have been three or O2, O2 I think it was, um, to basically see the movement of people, to track people's mobile phones, uh, to oh see the gosh. movement to see the movement of people. Now, they're doing it anonymously and saying they're not using yep. your private data, but what it's doing is it shows them where people are moving um, initially yep. at the start, where swarms of people were gathering and where people were moving. Um, and so they are using this data at the moment, which it would be unprecedented and wouldn't be thought about. A year ago, if somebody had suggested that, people would have been going, absolutely not. We wouldn't allow that in a million years. But people seem yeah. to be allowing. And we, we, we did have Patricia Casey on yesterday, who's a psychiatrist, and she was saying she was surprised at not how easy government took away our liberty, but how easy people have given up their liberty. liberty. Yeah, yeah. And it seems yeah, well, to be the same everywhere. It. It's a fear, isn't it? It's fear. You, 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 put, you create panic and fear. We need to, uh, the the nation needs to look for somebody for guidance, and if that guidance is is this only this is the only procedure that we can put in place, then we must all adhere to it. I mean, it, you know, you look at the the stupidity of Donald Trump 
wanting to to open up, uh, open up, um, you know, open for business again. Yeah, so, so soon. And he states that this was, this was never, to, nobody would have known that this would have happened. Yet in 2014, Obama predicted that, well, he didn't predict it, but he, he said there would, that be, there a would virus. be an airborne pathogen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bill, Bill Gates predicted that as well. I think a few others predicted it as well. I think I think it was kind of it was bound to happen because we had a few, you know, we had SARS and we had swine flu and we had a yeah. couple which were close to being pandemic, you know. So yeah. I think up to that point. Well, you look at it in that book. There was a book, wasn't it, that predicted that. Oh, there that's was right. Yeah. One. Yeah. Well, there was actually there was actually two books, but people took the two pages and said they were from the same book. One was out in two thousand and nine, and the other was out in the nineteen eighties or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, but they had predicted something similar, but purely probably coincidental, mind. You, but however, it still looks yeah, good yeah. And, and it's a good well, sound bite. The Simpsons said it. The Simpsons, you know, Simpsons predict so much. They predicted Donald Trump. They predicted COVID. The well, they predicted a, a virus coming from Wuhan. They did predict <laughs> yes, a virus sir. coming from Wuhan. But again, I suppose anybody could have predicted that because most viruses, unfortunately, do come from places like that. <laughs> That's very true. That's but very listen, true. Charlotte, I wish you well and, and all your Absolutely. friends and all the people in your community of sex workers, and I hope they get through this just like everybody else. Yes. All right? And you. It's always a pleasure to chat to you. Thanks for calling. All right, thanks very much indeed. Charlotte Rose is a sex worker from the UK and obviously concerns about how sex workers are making ends meet at the moment. And it is certainly a community that we may forget about at a time like this because, of course... They're absolutely close contact. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.